How has the offense looked different without LaMelo Ball? Plus, we play deal or no deal with Miles Turner trades. And finally, we live the hive life with David Walker coming up today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Follow us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug's on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. The show handle on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. And David joining us today. He's on Twitter at David B. Walker. David, thanks for hopping on, man. How are you? Absolutely, fellas. How are you guys? I'm doing well. I'm ready for a fun Friday. I'm ready to live the hive life, and I'm ready to go hive live. That's what's taking place right now, right, Doug? We are hive live on YouTube, so uh, if you are watching us live on YouTube, make sure to hit up the chat. We want some questions. We want those uh, Locked On Hornets, hardcore Hornets fans to power this show. That's that's right. We do. I like that we're just putting hive in front of everything these days. It's just a very it's called easy segment. Branding. Mm-hmm. It's called branding. Thank you very much. And it's such an easy thing to go to when you cover the Charlotte Hornets, and we're going to exhaust all of those opportunities. We'll get to some deal or no deal coming up. Got Miles Turner trades. Got a couple that have been put out there on the interwebs. Dylan Jackson coming up with a couple on Swarm and Sting, James Plowright from some out there. I've got some myself. So I'm going to play Howie Mandel. I'm going to throw a couple of deal or no deals at you, and you're going to play the role of Mitch Kupchak, and you will accept it or you will deny it based on what you think is best for this team. We'll live the hive life later on. I got Eric Collins in there once again. Got to have Eric Collins in the hive life. I I love that, Walker. And I I love trade machine season, but Mm -hmm. doesn't it feel like trade machine season gets earlier and earlier every year? It's kind of like the Christmas. It's kind of like the Christmas creep, like we're, we're getting into trade machine season so early this year. Well, the Pacers decided they want to blow it up after 20 games. <laughs> you know, we have to do this now. Doug, are you declaring? They want to retool. They want to retool. They don't want to rebuild. They want to retool. Are you declaring war on trade season, Doug? Are you Are you? I love the ridiculous machinations that people go through to get a player on their team. I think you just want. And you know my rule. You know my rule about trade machine season. If you put something out on the trade machine on Twitter or on social media, you have killed that possibility. Mm-hmm. Those things never happen, so you mm-hmm. are speaking it out of existence. I think that's true. You do that. Also, I think you just kind of want to move on from trade mock, mock trade season because you want to get to mock draft season. That's what you're ready for. <laughs> oh, and I think that's oh, that's yeah. the thing that you want to do. See, I see I see right by your plan. I know exactly what language. it is that you want. And because the mock drafts, that we most recently had kind of went the Hornets way. They got praised this past draft class for getting Book Knight <laughs> and Kai Jones. But also, the year before that, we got LaMelo Ball, who has become a potential superstar already, kind of a superstar 
Looks like he's going to make the all-star team. He is the centerpiece of this team right now, and he's given us as much hope as any player has in quite some time and probably ever. But he's been out, Doug. I mean, we have not seen LaMelo the last three games. Great job by the Hornets to just compete. They even won against the Atlanta Hawks, against Philadelphia. The Nick Batum Philly curse has not allowed them to get a victory against Philadelphia, but they got close, an overtime loss, and then the other one just by four points a couple of nights ago. What have you noticed, though, from this not just the fight, not just that this team doesn't give up, kind of acknowledge that. But what have you seen from this offense specifically without one LaMelo ball running things on the court? Uh, yeah, the Hornets are uh, one and three in their last four games, but but they've, uh, I, I would say, four for four on valiant efforts. Uh, I don't know what those count for. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I, and we've made note of that. And I, I don't I don't want to downplay that. Like, it's just we, we continue to say it's a it's a great job that they're not giving up. And it's so true. You know, it is. Yeah. It's just we we are acknowledging that as well. Well, and I think I love to talk about just like how this offensive offense has oh, changed boy. since since uh, LaMelo Ball <laughs> has exited. I just threw some numbers up on the screen and, and that is. What did, what did that do to you, David? You I, I wasn't ready for that at He's all. He's not just ready. A huge spreadsheet. He just the had glass. the Kevin Durant tweet scroll through his brain. Who wants to do math and look at graphs? <laughs> yeah, that's what I he thought, did. We're I talking about my work basketball. Came back on for a second. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've got this up on on the screen right now. If you want to check us out on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, it's from Cleaning the Glass, and it's a game log, and I've got. Their half-court offense put back uh, some stats up on the screen. And a couple of things I've noticed with LaMelo being out, and I wanted to double-check it in the stats to see if I, my eyes were deceiving me or if I was really um, interpreting this correctly. But I've noticed a couple of things. One, the offense is a little bit more conservative. They're, they're getting out on the run almost as much, but maybe a little less, playing a little bit more half-court offense with LaMelo off the floor. But it's just a lot less creative. They're being more protective of the basketball uh, except for that loss to Philly, the, the last loss to Philly, where they were starting to turn the ball over a little bit more, they were turning the ball over at um, pretty an exceptionally low rate without LaMelo on the yeah. floor. And that makes sense, right? Because LaMelo is super creative with the basketball. And sometimes that creativity can result in, in more turnovers, but it also results in a more unpredictable offense. This is a little bit more of a predictable offense, and they're crashing the glass a ton um, and, and I think that is to manufacture a little bit of offense where you've lost that from LaMelo. So just a couple of things I've noticed with how, how this uh, offense has changed without LaMelo. You mentioned those turnovers. They had eight in the first game against Philadelphia. It allowed them a chance. And then they played better defense against Philadelphia, did a little better job, I guess, on Joel Embiid. We can talk about the officials or whatever, but they had 19 turnovers against Philadelphia the second time, a big difference, and it didn't allow them to get the victory. And, yeah. and they've, gener they've generally been, just real quick, they've generally been a good team at, at limiting turnovers, even with LaMelo Ball on the floor. And you can see that as I scroll through this uh, third column here, which is their turnover. I feel like I'm a, a weather person. Mm -hmm. Like here in the third <laughs> column, um, their turnover percentage has been generally good. They've had a few games, but early in the season they had some trouble. But even with LaMelo on the floor in, these, uh, in this six-game sample, they were really good at protecting the basketball. But look at these two games against Philly and Atlanta. You know, 96 percentile, 99 percentile, 7.8 percent turnover percentage, 6.1. Crazy low numbers because they became a more conservative offense. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought right out of the gate when they just had lost, you know, LaMelo um, and some of the rest of the guys were still in there, they could still run that fast-paced style, get up and look to run. It's it's a bit of a small sample size, but specifically in that last game against Philly, I mean, that game for a lot of reasons uh, slowed down. I mean, Joel Embiid spent hours upon hours at the free throw line. That game almost took three hours to play. And so when they got in that half-court set and they couldn't get out and run, I think that's where you saw a lot of those issues come up where they just didn't have a point guard to run the show, right? They didn't have, uh, you know, even a niche out there to, to help direct things and to help get them up and going. So um, we finally saw that creep in. And I don't know if they'll be able to, you know, correct that in the short term without those guys. Uh, maybe in a different type of game, maybe against tonight against the Kings, they will be able to get out and run like they like to. But uh, I was just impressed from the get go. Uh, when they were without a few guys, they were able to still do what they wanted to do, to do which was impressive to me. Uh, and they've played well, to your point, valiant effort all across the board. And, and a couple, one other change that I've noticed is, and, and Doc Rivers, uh, head coach of the Sixers, even mentioned this in one of his postgame press conferences. This team is really good at cutting off ball. Yeah. And I think they've had to do a ton of that um, since LaMelo has been gone because LaMelo can move a defense by himself with his ability to drive the basketball and attract attention and pull guys a little further because he can shoot so well from deep. That that without that, you have to do a you have to do a lot more to 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 create open space. And the Hornets, to their credit, have been able to do that, and, and they've they've had the energy and focus to do that. And I think part of that is the fact that this unit has played together for a few seasons now. There is a familiarity. If 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 this team were mostly constructed of free agent or trade acquisitions this season. I don't. I think they'd be getting blown out of the water. But it's the fact that Miles, PJ, Cody, these guys have all been playing together. There's a familiarity there. Uh, that real quickly, because we're running up against some time, but I do want to get to one other thing before we move on to the next segment. David, you talked about all of the free throw attempts from Joel Embiid. Miles Bridges made a point about that after the game and said it slowed us up. We couldn't get in a rhythm because Joel Embiid yep. just lived at the foul line. And so anytime that we would get something going offensively at the end, it would come to a dead halt because – Joel Embiid was at the free throw line again, and we couldn't keep that momentum up. And so you know, you said the same thing Miles Bridges essentially did after that game. The other thing is, Doug, you mentioned the cutting. Doc Rivers talking about that. We've given Cody Martin a ton of praise in that specific aspect. I think Jalen McDaniels is really good at cutting, and I think Kelly Oubre is really good at cutting. And now you look at what Kelly Oubre has done. We've given him a lot of praise the last 10 games. He deserves it offensively. But Zach Lowe has noticed Kelly Oubre in the 10 things weekly column that Zach Lowe puts out there. Kelly Oubre came in at number five with the little subtitle and the art of the role turned pop. I'll try to read through this quickly. He said, it's the little twist available to screen setters of any size, provided they can shoot. And so what happens is he's talking about specific plays where Kelly Oubre will set a screen, fake the roll, fake the dive, but then kind of backpedal towards the three-point line. The defense is already backpedaling themselves. They can't react fast enough. Kelly has been shooting well enough lately where it's just lethal. So Kelly having that a part of this, where James Brago is implementing that really cool play, really cool wrinkle in their offense. Also, here's another thing that he talks about with Kelly. Is it time to start talking about Ubre as one of Tyler Hero's competitors for sixth man of the year? Mm. Ubre is averaging 17 points and a career-best 46% shooting, close to 40 on threes, 56 on twos, which is something we have not discussed a lot. He has averaged 25 or more over Charlotte's past eight years. He's averaged 25 over Charlotte's past eight games, including 85 combined over the past three. And here's another interesting stat he points out. 
Ubre rounds out Charlotte's center, uh, centerless lineups. The Hornets have blitzed opponents by eight points per 100 possessions when Ubre plays without any traditional bigs, and that balloons to 11 when Lamella was on the floor. And so when you're talking about Lamella and Kelly working together without a traditional big, it's 11 points per 100 per, uh, possessions better. Like Kelly has provided very, very good offense for them, especially the last 10 games. He's been awesome. I mean, he was the reason they were in in a, in a position to win that first game against Philly. Uh, you know, speaking of that, guys, they've had five consecutive 30-point scores, different scores in the last five games, which right. kind of speaks to the depth that these Hornets have. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, who would have thought that, Walker, in the beginning of the year, Kelly Oubre in talks for six minutes of the year? But I don't think you can deny it at this point. If, if you watch these Hornets play, if you watch how much they depend on him for scoring at times and the big shots that he's made – uh, he's got to be up there right now at this point in the season. Of course, he gets killed for the the, the negative stuff, you know, maybe the quick shot uh, at the end of a game or a mislayup here or there. But you can't deny that he's really <laughs> yeah. bounced back from his time in Golden State and uh, performed well here in Charlotte. I think you might be on mute, Doug. I think we're hive live and you're muted. All that's right. It. All right. I'm <laughs> yeah. back, ladies and gentlemen. Get that, get that hot take out. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, yeah. I know it was, it was so hot it muted my mic, uh, melted my microphone. Um, so, I've got his, uh, I've got Kelly Oubre's effective field goal percentage here up on the screen from cleaningtheglass.com, way above his position average, starting at about a quarter of a way through the season. He's improved tremendously and, and now he's in this sort of starting role. You know, I mean, he's, he's going to juice his numbers for six man of the year just by virtue of all of these players being out due to protocol. And the interesting thing, too, is like early in the season, we talked about how Kelly Oubre and Cody Martin were this sort of conjoined six man of the year because Cody provided you the defensive hustle and Kelly provided you the microwave scoring. And now what's interesting is like Cody Martin is what leading the NBA in three-point percentage at this point. I mean, he's become a legitimate scoring threat. And Kelly Oubre, I think, has stepped up his his defensive energy at least. I don't know about schematics and if he's, you know, how many how much mis- how many mistakes he's making, but he's had multiple steal games um uh, several of those games since this whole protocol debacle. Um he's stepped up and and caused some turnovers. So I mean, Kelly Oubre is is definitely going to get the nod because he's the scorer, and the Sixth Man of the Year award is essentially, uh, what did you call it before the show, Walker? The, the, the Lou, Lou Will, Will award. award. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's going to go to the scorer, um, but Kelly Oubre um, definitely doing things. And here we got a comment from old mate Sean. Let's see if I can get it up on the screen. It'll cover our faces, but that's okay. Oubre up to second oh. uh, behind Tyler Hero on the betting markets in Australia for sixth man mm. of the year. So getting some love overseas. Yeah, very cool. By the way, I think the sixth man of the year award, if we're going to call it the Lou Will Award, it should just be this gold lemon pepper wing yeah, trophy that we sure. hand yeah. out to somebody. And I think Kelly Oubre has earned the lemon pepper trophy this year, at least through the last 10 games. We'll see if it's sustainable. But a, but a perfect fit, guys. I mean, really, if you look back to that signing in the offseason, it was a bit of an afterthought when it happened. Uh, it was after the first initial wave of a lot of those big signings. And we talked about it in the offseason a little bit, Doug. He's been a perfect fit for this team because he can get out and run. He, he cuts like we talked about a little bit earlier. He's long enough on the wings where he adds depth there. And his scoring has been off the charts. So, you know, kudos to Mitch and those guys for bringing another guy in who could really impact this team and contribute to their winning. He's been a, He's been a great fit. Yeah, Zach Lowe said the same thing about Mitch. And here's Tyler Manning giving an interesting thought. Honestly, I would trade Kelly Oubre and package around him for Miles Ooh, Turner. So, okay. one, thanks to Tyler Manning for a comment. Two, 
Interesting, though. It's what we're going to talk about come the next segment. So stick yeah, around. Segway. Or no segway. deal with Miles Turner Trades. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to don't fall for subscription scams start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on nba go right now truebill.com slash locked on nba it could save you thousands a year truebill.com slash locked on nba i play the role of howie mandel we play deal or no deal coming up next on the locked on hornets podcast this is locked on hornets Segway. It's called a radio segway. Well, and and I saw I'm feeling better, by the way, if you didn't notice. I didn't want, you know, I'm I'm a little bit of a private person, so I don't talk about my health issues often on the show. Um, But now I'm healthy, and I think people are going to notice a change in me today. So I just wanted to kind of go ahead and get that out of the way um, that Doug is unleashed on this show today. So watch out. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. That tease led Doug intrigued, and it made David... I don't know what your feelings were on that tease. It didn't seem like you were wanting to trade one Kelly Oubre, but we're going to give you your day to speak on it here in just a second. Uh, We've got deals, baby. We've got some for Miles Turner. Who do you want to send out if you're Mitch Kupchak to try to go get that center that has not really been on this team for a long time, at least in James Borrego's eyes? And so let's start off with something hot. I think this is one of the harder ones, and I just want to start off right off the bat with it. So... Here's how we're going to do it. You guys are going to be Mitch Kupchak. I am going to be Indiana, Kevin Pritchard, trying to work everything around and see uh, what kind of trade we can make. And you will have the option of accepting the deal to say deal or no deal here. And so in this trade, the first one, Doug will start. Uh, by with the you. way, by the way, David, I'll be Mitch and you be Kupchak. Okay. I thought you were going to be good, Mitch, and I was going to be evil, Mitch. And there you go. Come to one decision. How, however, you want to do it. That. You guys divvy that up all you we'll want figure to. Figure it out. So here, 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 here's the proposed deal. Okay. Charlotte receives Miles Turner. Indiana receives PJ Washington, and just the 2022 New Orleans lottery protected pick. So PJ and the lottery protected pick going to Indiana. And Charlotte receives Miles Turner. Doug, I'll start with you. Whether you're good, Mitch. Whether you're just Mitch, do you accept that deal? Uh, yeah, I think it's an illegal deal, though, right? Because the contracts don't. Oh, quite. that's we right. To, that's right. It is an illegal some... deal. Ugh. That is an illegal deal. So Kelly Oubre, we'll add Kelly. To, we'll add Kelly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to add Kelly or or this uh, so, trade so, here. So from go this ahead. Plumley, PJ, Vern. You know, Plumley and PJ has been a popular, uh, which I don't. Right. I don't advocate Plumley, PJ. Because right. you're, Where are you gonna I have just a showed one from who, Perry. Thank you for chatting. He said Plumley, PJ Vern, and a first for Turner. I don't advocate that mm-hmm. because you're losing the center depth at that point again. Like if Miles gets hurt, yeah. then you're in the exact same position minus, uh, you know, minus a center, and you've got to depend on Nick Richards. Mm-hmm. But I, I think so. If Kelly is included, that right didn't put the matching salary there. If Kelly is included, Kelly, PJ, and the lottery protected first from New Orleans for Miles Turner. Uh, are you accepting that deal if you're Charlotte? That's I mean, a tough one. Yeah, may, yeah I think so. I think Honestly, to. that's going to be the toughest deal. That's going to mm-hmm. that's probably is, is the most realistic thing that that the Pacers are asking for. 
And I think you do because you, if you keep as as valuable as PJ has been as a as a shooting big, and as valuable as Kelly has been as a scorer, you're not winning a playoff series without the the, the center position bulked up. So, and you, you feel like at some point that PJ Miles conversation is going to have to happen. They've been kicking the can down the road for a few years. Miles popped. PJ's playing fantastic, maybe the best basketball of his career at the same time. He's really good. Yeah. But is that sustainable in the long run, or is that really a championship or a, you know, a playoff contending formula for those two guys? So on the PJ front, you feel like you have to pull the trigger. If it takes Ubre to make it happen, you kind of have to do that too because, as we said, you know they've got 30-point scorers up and down this roster. Mm-hmm. If it's going to take shipping one of them off – who you know may may require more money in the future anyway. Uh, it's something that you have to look at. And I want to get rid of that pick, that horrible, that awful uh, karma pick from New yeah. Orleans. It's <laughs> that was a stinky, it's a worthless a stinky pick. It's not going anywhere except down. Let's get rid of it. Well, and so, and the thing on PJ is, if you're pro keeping PJ, I would I would say to you this: that PJ has been extremely valuable this season, precisely because the Hornets don't have center depth. They've been able to put him into positions where he could succeed, and he has been just absolute fire from three. Does that maintain? You know, can can that hold right. for the entire season? I, I'm a little bit skeptical of that. We've seen him be streaky before, so uh, I would be okay with with um, PJ because you've got to make a decision. We're having the same conversation, by the way, this franchise with PJ and Miles that the Pacers have had with Miles and Sabonis, and you don't want to get caught in that situation. I, I, I think we kind of figured that out, though, didn't we? Like, at right. first, I think mm-hmm. we were having the redundant conversation. I, right. I think that's kind of fixed itself. At but, first, but because, I didn't think they could. Well, but, but because we haven't had to make the decision on paying anyone yet. See, that's why Indiana's in trouble is because they gave both those guys huge contracts. We yeah. haven't got to the point where we've had to pay PJ or Miles, and now they have to make that decision so they don't end up in that situation. It, and 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 I, I hear yeah, I think they were paying both really talented dudes. We'll figure out the fit later. I think they figured out the fit with Nelson PJ now. It's just about how much money PJ is going to get. My thing that with so PJ, rarely he, works. That rarely works when you say, like, we'll pay everybody and figure out the and fit it, later. And it didn't it's for like, Indiana. Yeah. You no, know, like it, it doesn't. You can't just figure out the fit later. It either fits. Mm. Like my pants, they either fit or they don't, and lately they haven't been. <laughs> well, so it I've fits. Had to trade, yeah, I've had to trade my pants. It fits, but how long can you take a walk in those pants? You know what I mean? How Are far you, is it going to nah, take you down the road? Right. Are you committed to working out in order for those pants to fit down the line? Were the Pacers willing <laughs> no, to no figure deal. something? <laughs> no deal. I agree. I think my, my point being, I think they have figured it out. It's just P.J. Washington is such a good small ball center in an NBA world where small ball lineups are so damn lethal. And you're getting rid of the unlocking piece to all of that. I think if this was the only way Indiana would accept this, I'm reluctantly doing it. I mm-hmm. Don't want to, but I am reluctantly doing a hard one. But if these other deals are in place and and Indiana would accept them, I would much rather choose these next ones. I'll give you another one. So Charlotte receives Miles Turner. Indiana receives Kelly Oubre. But this time, James Booknight and Kai Jones. So your two first-round picks from this past draft class, Kelly Oubre, and then return Charlotte gets Miles Turner. David, I'll lead with you this time, deal or no deal. I don't think this is a deal because you don't want to give up on your rookies that soon, especially not your first round picks. I mean, that's how this team has kind of tried to build from within. I think that's the formula for success. You haven't seen enough. They're so raw and you've got them on obviously rookie contracts. Who knows when that will really be an advantage, 
But at this point, I don't think you can give up both of them uh, plus Ubre to bring in a, a Miles Turner. It feels like you're 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 punting a little bit on the future at that point. Uh, I'll just say that most of the chat I've been I've been throwing them up here on the screen. Most of the chat, which by the way is blowing up right now. I love all. This is the most action we've ever had on the chat. We don't do many live shows, mm-hmm. but thank you for chatting. Keep it coming. We'll put it on the King screen. King fuses lit house. Not a fan of PJ. Okay, that's all doesn't right. like well, PJ. That, that's fine. <laughs> Get him out. Uh, you know, you can like PJ or not like PJ. It's, it's a free country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's well, we've got people. We've got international people in the chat, so it's a free world. Um, but yeah, most of the people against Book Knight, I'm against or against trading Book Knight. I'm against trading Book Knight. I'm against trading Kai Joe. I think as much as you can avoid oh, wow. trading some of these future exciting pieces, I think you've got to try to hold the line there if you're Cupchak. Maybe. You know, maybe one's got to go of JT, Book Knight, or Kai. I think you probably keep Book Knight. You know, Kai's a little bit more of a project. That, that could go either way in my and opinion. And you do have I Thor, right? I mean, you have Thor yeah, there, That's too, the thing. Yeah. I'm kind of more confident in Thor at this point. I, that's what I'm saying. So if you were going <laughs> to let Kai go, you'd feel okay about that's that. That's another argument, by the way. That's another argument for, for jettisoning, jettisoning, jettisoning? PJ, is that a word? I don't know. Is PJ. my mic on? It is. Uh, that's another <laughs> argument for jettisoning uh, PJ is that you've got, and, and this was brought up in the chat. I had it on the screen earlier, uh, but you have Kai and JT Thor, which could one day replace PJ. You don't have a center replacement. So that's, you know, you're, you're, you're mm-hmm. getting something that you need and, and moving something out that you possibly will be able to replace in the future. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I'm think I'm doing that one. I know that one's tough. Whoa! Yeah. You know what? You're anti-rookie. I'll say that you're, you, <laughs> no, you're generally anti rookie. No, Walker, are you just are, you just have that good a feeling about Miles Turner coming in here yeah. and making that significant impact? Well, I think yeah. that's where I'm a little stuck. I mean, not that I, I don't think he would obviously fill mm-hmm. a huge need for this team. Mm-hmm. I had have come around to, to face the fact that he would make this team a, a lot lot better. I think it's just a sticking point of like. <sighs> I don't know how much. I mean, they've been trying to trade him since he got there. You know, he said it himself. He's in every trade rumor every week. And it's like, what's up? Why is that? What's going on? Has no no one figured out how to unlock that yet? Well, one, Miles is playing a lot better than he has in years past. He's going to be, I think, 26 in March, but still, he's 25 years old. The only thing that makes you a little weary of trading for Miles is that he has only one year left on his deal after this one is done. But all that being said, you get and develop talent. I mean, people are discussing, hey, you want to get rid of James Booknight, Guy Jones. This team has shown that they can develop talent with the best of them, and so you might as well keep them on the squad. And that's great, but you develop talent in part to then trade that for other things that you need because you can't have everybody that you draft and just play them constantly and have them, you know, you're, you're going to have like 18, 19, 20 guys out of all the players that you drafted. So if you package a couple for somebody that could really help this team, if you already have Terry Rozier locked in long term, if you have LaMelo, who is going to be a cornerstone, Book Knight is probably what you're talking about, a six man coming off the bench because he's not going to start at three. LaMelo, Terry, they're not starting at three. I'm cool with Book Knight. I'm willing to take the gamble because Kai Jones is such a gamble in that own right of trading up and drafting him. You know, I, I'm willing to try to get the sure thing to help them right now with a huge position of need on a playoff mandate year to go get Miles Turner. And that's my reasoning for all of that. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at it. You know, I mean, I, I just think it hurts, uh, especially from Kai's standpoint. We haven't seen anything from him. I, I don't think I'm as high on Book Knight as uh, basically everyone in the arena the other night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was good to see him <laughs> get some good minutes. I'm still not quite sure 
uh, how consistent or where he fits in the long run. But like, it's always the rookie thing. You, you know? just haven't you just seen enough see. of him yet. Mm-hmm. I think that's well, the yeah. thing. You gotta, you gotta see a little bit more. I'll tell you what I did see. I saw him get lost on defense. Like I haven't seen anyone well, get lost since Malik Monk. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's but, but, anti-rookie okay. David. No, no, no. Yeah, he but what I'm saying, I for think it. I think Book will figure that piece yeah. out. I have confidence no, was, that Book will figure yeah. that piece out. It was literally the first play, and like the ball zipped around, and he was mm. just doing this, and then you know it went by him. But that's all right. I'll give him a break. Producer Doug, do you want to go to the rest of these and then go afterwards uh, to the third segment? How do you want to handle this? I think that the chat that I have on the screen right now from Perry, I think Turner would thrive in Charlotte and play a lot better than he did Indiana. Perfectly segues into what we wanted to talk about with Turner Sabonis. Do some of that. Uh, we could do it next segment. We can All right, do let's, do it. let's do it. Um, we can do that. We'll talk about Miles Turner and the energy boost he would give to the Charlotte Hornets team. Speaking of energy boost, let's talk about Built Bars, the best energy bar on the market. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but also amazingly low in calorie, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. So you get the best of both worlds. It is delicious, and it's healthy. Plus, they have so many flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have the raspberry, the mint brownie, the cherry, or the double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie? It's all so very good. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. I'll bet that you'll love it. And if you want to put a bet down yourself, go to Bet Online. They've got you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON. To receive your bonus, bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Let's talk about the fit between a Miles Turner and if there's a trade that could happen for DeBontis Sabonis bringing him to Charlotte. That's coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. And would, would, would I have liked to see a few more shards? Shards? No, I would not. That's not some shards. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. You know, people have not been talking a ton about Sabonis and the idea that he could come to Charlotte. And, you know, you see the fit with Miles and Sabonis. It just didn't really work out with Indiana. They're already just this soon into a year with Rick Carlisle as the coach for the first time up with the Pacers trying to figure that big man rotation out. You know, they're willing to move on, at least from one of those guys. You know, even if they don't blow it up or retool a crazy amount I have to imagine Miles Turner is probably the guy traded it just seemed like he's been dangled out there for so long and then he because of that he had some comments towards the athletic he said it's clear that I'm not valued as anything more than a glorified role player here and I want something more I want more opportunity I'm trying really hard to make the role that I'm given here work and find a way to maximize it I've been trying to the past two three seasons but it's clear to me that just numbers-wise, I'm not valued as more than a rotational role player, and I hold myself in a higher regard than that. I'm sympathetic to that a little bit with Miles. Like, uh, Miles Turner 
has been at the forefront of trade discussions as much as any single player in the NBA the past couple of seasons. Remember, the Celtics were almost going to get Miles, but they decided they didn't want him, and then they lose Gordon Hayward essentially for nothing except for a traded player exception, and I think they use it on like Tristan Thompson and and maybe even, I forget who, maybe Fournier, I think that was it. Um, so really a loss on their end, and then, all right, well, Indiana's just going to keep Turner anyway, and then he's been dangled out so often. What do you think about the way Miles feels Doug we'll start with you and what he could possibly be here in Charlotte and beyond yeah I mean I think Indiana got stuck in a situation where they thought Miles Turner was the future and then um, you know they got Sabonis from OKC and Sabonis turned in sort of unexpectedly into a uh, all-star level player and 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 now you've you've got an issue and it's obviously not working and and Miles wants a bigger role in the offense I think if he came over to Charlotte he would have that bigger role he would be an extremely um, potent pick and roll threat with Lamelo Ball, and then I think you know when I look at Turner versus Sabonis, I I just look at the shot blocking capabilities that Miles Turner would bring. It's something the Hornets desperately need. It's something I'm not. You know, you look at Sabonis, his block percentage has gone down, and he didn't start out with a great block percentage, and it's gone down every mm-hmm. year that he's been in the league. How much is that? How much is that him playing? alongside Turner and not having to do that and how much is that just not his his thing um so so that's what I look at and it would make things a lot easier for LaMelo Ball defensively you know we talk a lot about the offense that Miles Turner would bring but defensively we know LaMelo loves to gamble and sometimes when he loses the gamble it's automatic points for the other team because there's nobody there um uh, you know to be a threat at the rim so it would allow uh, I don't know. I don't know if you can stop Lamelo from gambling on defense. It's just going to be one of his things, and it ends up, you know, when it ends up in a steal and a, a transition threat, it's great. Um, but at least that would hurt the team less um, when when those kind of things happen. So I think I'm more Miles uh, than Sabonis at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think Miles is really the perfect fit here, or at least the type of player that he pretends to be. And I think that is. I mean, he can step out and hit the three, so he can work as your stretch five. That's another reason you don't feel quite as scared of losing PJ's production from that uh, angle. I think back to that first opening game, though, and Sabonis worked over uh, Plumley, especially mm-hmm. in that first half, just destroyed him. So you kind of see that, and you're like, well, maybe he can be that you know, back-to-the-basket, low-post score. Uh, but it just feels like what Miles Turner brings on the defensive end, when you add that in there, it's th- that's what they've been lacking. Somebody, anybody, you know, in the middle to hold down the fort. Uh, Miles Turner would be the perfect perfect fit for Charlotte. As to his, his feelings, I mean, I guess it's good. Uh, I think everyone should value themselves highly, right? Um, you know, he has been what he's been in Indiana. And when you've got a Brogdon and a Sabonis and some guys on that team who have come through there that are – you know, going to be more of the focal points of the offense. I think that's just where it, you know, it evened out for him. But I do think, Doug, the LaMelo ball factor, and this is kind of a larger picture point, he's going to be such an attractive player for other, you know, uh, possible additions to want to come here and play with that they're he's going to make anybody happy who's looking to up their game, score more points, do more, and show out. He's just going to be that much better for everyone. To, to, to that point, you know, so Miles Turner's complaint is that he's a glorified role player. Really, his complaint, I think, is that he's a glorified role player on a team that can't turn a glorified role player into an all-star level player. Like, he could be, you know, LaMelo's Chris Bosh. You know, that's the thing. Glorified role players, when they're paired with the right – person that can develop their talent and play to their skill set can become 
you know, multi-time all-stars. And that's that's the potential that Miles has if he moves over to Charlotte. Well, and the thing is, when we talk about the best fit between Sabonis and Turner, like Sabonis is clearly way more offensively gifted. The guy's awesome, and he's a way better passer than what Miles is. You know, he, he just handles the basketball a lot better in the post, and the decision-making is a lot better. But Miles is a better shooter, and the way that Turner is playing right now, shooting 39.5% from three, you talk about him being a league leader in block shots the past two seasons, being one of the better rim protectors, overall defensive players just being top 10 in the league. Think about that. If you're the Charlotte Hornets, who have really struggled with post-defense forever, and then all of a sudden it becomes a strength with one player that you trade for? When's the last time post-defense and rim protection was a strength for this team? Because I can't tell you the last time that was the case. And the fact that he can shoot. You know, if, if Sabonis is so clearly better an offensive player, and that that's true, I'm not questioning that. Anybody with eyes watching him play, they can see that. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. he's also not a better shooter. So think about how crazy that skill set is within one player. Somebody who has the ability to, even if you don't buy the 40% is going to sustain, 36, okay, fine. From a guy that's close to seven foot, who is that good at protecting the rim. I also think that with these little nuances he's added to his offensive game, that's the guy that can come in and help this team. And so if we want to talk about specifically who best fits with LaMelo in just pick and roll, who is the, who, who is the more lethal duo in that regard, it's Sabonis because Sabonis is so good. But who helps the team more? I think it's I think it's Miles by a significant amount, and that's why I want to trade for Turner, especially when you add in it's not going to take as many assets to get him. Yeah, I don't think they're going to hang up uh, if they offer up either one. You know, at this point, no, no, um, uh, it'll be just about putting the right package together. It just it is a little trickier to fit in Sabonis, and I think they could do it. I mean, look, as talented as he is to fit in another guy on this team, I think they could do it. But you're right, it's more of a natural fit for Turner there, uh, Doug. And it, I mean, gosh, just think about what this team has been able to do with. Nick Richards, I mean, a JT Thor, you know, in spot play. They've managed to turn some of these guys into productive, at least offensive players, and at least guys on the defensive end who can, you know, in Richards' case, go get a, a loose ball here and there. If they had someone with an actual – you know, uh, the talent level of a Miles Turner. Think about that, especially with his whole team healthy and LaMelo finding the ball with the scores spaced out. Yeah, I mean, it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, I, right I've got some I've got some bad news for the the hive lifers out there. I can't for some reason. Restream is not letting me uh, the the service that we used to put this thing live is not letting me load the video. So if we do, <laughs> I, I still I still want to do hive life. I can maybe like sort of um, pretend, you know, do the music, you know, with my <laughs> with my vocal cords. Um, that's that's sure. what I offer to you, Walker, if you want to do live life. Uh, uh, yes. Please, please sing. Are you just going to do the beat for us? Either way, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm actually. Are you, are you, I'll, I'm try, I'll try. I'll try. I don't know if I can remember it, but I'll give it my. I'll give it my absolute. <laughs> I'll do a valiant effort in honor of what the Hornets have been doing over the Stand past. Damn decent of, weeks. of you, Doug. Go ahead, buddy. Try it out. And that's the and that's the beat drop. Thank you very much, Doug. We are living the hive life a little bit better than usual today. I'll I'll kick us off here because Miles Bridges, Eric Collins, they're kind of morphed into a couple of of my favorite things that I saw this week. One, Collins. Yeah, let's go with Miles first. 
Uh, Miles Bridges says he wants to catch Draymond Green on a dunk when he talked with Malika Andrews and Richard Jefferson earlier this week. And we saw them when they played Golden State. I think Draymond went to him and said, go get you the bag at the beginning of the season when Miles was so clearly in the front running of a possible MIP award. But Draymond, Miles... Yeah, exactly. But both of those guys being Michigan State alums um, or having at least having gone there. So, you know, pretty cool there. I would love Miles Bridges to catch Draymond Green on a dunk. So that was pretty cool. But then, you know, Miles giving you some attitude in a couple of ways. One, calling out that he wants to dunk on Draymond. But then we all saw what happened with Andre Drummond. And then after the game, Miles Turner or Miles, uh, we've talked about Turner so much, Miles Bridges said that he wasn't impressed what is he like close to seven foot you know 280 pounds yeah i'm not impressed with that guy you know this is like the nba is like wwe ain't nobody really trying to fight and then when they got into a tussle this is where collins comes in he says hey andre played for detroit miles is from detroit that's the difference between the two miles giving us some nasty eric Mm. collins putting a bow on all of that in an expert way that was giving me hive life this week I think anytime you compare someone or you're on the same floor as uh, Joel Embiid, everyone looks smaller. So even though Andre Drummond is a large person, uh, you know, Miles was comparing him to Embiid and saying, you know, I could probably probably take him too. And by the way, Miles Bridges from Flint, even a little bit different. You know, that that even hits a little harder. Well, and, uh, you know, you could understand Drummond's frustration, though, because he was getting (laughs) – I mean, in those two games, he was getting yammed on. He was getting pushed around. He was getting knocked to the floor. He he got the thunder dunk, right? He was was the the recipient of the floor. That's that's what's giving me hive life this weekend is JT Thor and that that Thor's hammer that he dropped on Andre Drummond. I mean, I think the future is extremely bright for JT Thor. I'll tell you, zooming out – uh, what's giving me hive life is that the Hornets, after all of these years, there's a lot of people in the chat right now that I suspect have become Hornets fans in the past couple of years. But tell, for the Hornets, for the Hornets fans that have been riding <laughs> since the Bobcats days, it is just a revelation to see mm-hmm. someone like JT Thor on the floor with the long arms and the energy on defense and the athleticism and the hops that Book Knight showed. I mean, what? After all of these years, we find David. We finally have it. It feels like we've come along. And you way. want to trade it away. We finally have it, and you want to trade <laughs> no, it no, away. No, Thor, Thor was in none of those deals. No, Thor was in none of those Harry Mandel deals. That's right. We, we've got JT Thor, but that, that's what allows us to get rid of a, a potential Book Knight and a Kai Jones. And you know, the Kai Jones one is interesting, though, because like Kai is – you traded a first-rounder to get him. I wonder if there's this, you know, it's not sunk cost because you're using it as a piece to go get a Miles Turner. But I wonder if because you traded a first rounder to go get him, you are wanting to hold on to him a little longer. Thing is, his his immediate impact is not there. You know, it's always been a longer project, even with a JT Thor on the team. Does does he fit the short term timeline for this team that has a playoff mandate? You know, I I mean, Kai Jones isn't going to be this awesome player next year. Like we we got a little time to cook with Kai, and that that I think that's the thing that you have to try to figure out with him. This uh this live chat right now is buck wild. It's giving me this live <laughs> chat mean, is giving me hive life right now. These guys are <laughs> I love it. You all are. You're getting in there, figuring out everybody. I think everybody's been traded at this point in the live chat. The only thing that makes me sad is that you can't hear the awesome Hive Life music. Uh, so mm-hmm. stick around. Come back next week. We might do this again live next Friday. We always do Hive Life heading, yeah. heading into the weekend. Live uh, these lunch guys on are Friday. tussling in here. 
Live um, lunch Fridays. No, yeah, you're right, Doug. Just seeing those guys. Look, you go back to the drafting, uh, the thinking around the draft, who they're drafting, the type of players they're adding. They weren't doing that for a long time, Doug. That's why we never saw anyone come off the bench and explode for a dunk. They weren't drafting these long, lengthy guys who can run and add that to the mix. So that's the shift. That's where it started. It is thrilling to see it you know, play out on the court, as you mentioned. I mean, everybody's talked about it, but look at what they had to go to in this week when they had so many guys out ask guys who have not played any minutes much less you know 20 minutes and stuff for for thor mm-hmm. so for him to come in and do that is is really impressive but what is giving me the hive life i mentioned it earlier it's uh it's the scoring they have on this team all the options five different scores hit 30 points or more for the last five different games some of those guys are no longer available right now but uh, that's why you have hope for this team to at least keep it interesting, maybe sneak out a win here or there until they get the full reinforcements back. But the, but the talent they've put on this team, number one scoring team in the league, to have those guys, uh, you know, a handful of them averaging over 15, 16 points a game already, it's, it's, you know, it's a testament, again, to Mitch and what they put in here. It's a testament to guys like Miles Bridges who have developed and popped. Um, so, yeah, that's exciting, and that's what keeps you going. That's what gives you the high life. Well, and they're going to need it tonight against the Sacramento Kings. We we didn't get a chance to really talk about that, but the Sacramento Kings, they're on a three-game winning streak offensively. They've just been absolutely on fire, uh, scored 140 over 140 points in regulation against Orlando. So yeah. the Hornets are going to have to have every offensive weapon. They're not going to have, <laughs> despite some confusion on Twitter from the uh, Hornets PR, <laughs> a little bit of confusion there, and, and Woj they got, got Woj. caught in the confusion. <laughs> they got what Woj, yeah, usually it's the fake Woj that gets us. This time, mm-hmm. it was the weird tweet that got Woj. But the, the the Hornets will still be missing five players, uh, five rotation players, yeah. due to the protocol. And uh, that's so not it's, it. It's going to be a tough game. There, there's a new injury update, by the way. We just had this uh, come in within the last 10 minutes. So you are going to be without those five players. And forward, P.J. Washington, a non-COVID uh, illness, <laughs> has been added to the injury report as doubtful for tonight. Wait a minute. Is that illness? Is that illness traditis? It, it is. It might be. I mean, he's been mm. suffering from it ever since the Miles Turner sources or reports have come out. But well, you got to trade him now. Clearly, non-COVID illness, doubtful now. So hey, the people in the chat that 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 want Kai Jones, I, maybe now's the time. Like I don't know. You know, <laughs> we're six people out for this team, and now you're talking about essentially your starter with PJ Nick Richards, J- JT Thor, your boy. We're going to well, see Kai, uh, Kai Jones. People in the chat screaming yeah. for Kai Jones to play, and you might yeah, it you looks know, like I you're going to get your wish. I mean, right. yeah, Borrego did talk a little bit about Vernon Carey, I think, before the last game. I don't think he got in, so maybe that's no, more of didn't. a possibility. So. Yeah. Ver- Vernon seems Holy like smokes. just not even existent with this team anymore. Well, if Vernon Carey plays over Kai Jones, this <laughs> chat is going to riot. Do we, do we worry? <laughs> Uh, before we end today, I want to end on one of the comments from the chat from old mate Sean, who I think is staying up very late with us in Australia. Appreciate we appreciate it. that. He did tweet out after your little uh, jingle, Doug, that that was a certified banger. So thank you to old mate, <laughs> <laughs> old mate Sean for shooting up the Australian charts, Doug. You're going to have your face over on a billboard in Sydney at any moment right now. All right. Thanks for making Locked.
Locked On Hornets your first listen every single day. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thanks to Doug. Thanks for David for joining us this fun Friday, doing the Hive Live, doing the Hive Life. We'll be back with you next week.